Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last, last night. night. The anti slut shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Hey, fuckers, welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Welcome. Sup? Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the Mm. online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree. So that's cool. That's pretty good. As it has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash GWF. And to show your support for this podcast, use code GWF to get $30 off your first month. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. Come see us live. Guys, Washington, D.C. on Thursday, October 26th. Uh, we're going to be at DuPont Underground and Kramer Books. Uh, it's a moderated question and answer session, a signing and a reading. Uh, are these free? Yeah, you don't. They're free. Yeah, you have to reserve. Uh, you have to res- reserve a spot for these. And you just go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com slash tours with an S. And all the ticket links and all of the additional information are up there. Phoenix, Arizona. We were in you a year ago. We're going to be in you Saturday, October 28th. We're doing a live recording of Guys We Fucked and as part of the All Things Comedy Festival. And we have one of the most amazing guests uh, for that recording. And we're very excited. You don't want to miss it. You were there last time, but the ticket sales said... You weren't there this time. So you should, don't miss that. That's going to be fucking incredible night. Live podcast recordings, I love doing and they're really fun and they have just like an energy to them that's like really unique. But this one's going to be really good. We got a good guest. Yeah, and we rarely ever do them and this is a different show, just to clarify. It's a completely different show than we did last time. This is the podcast recording. So you've never seen that. Even if Have you came you? last no. time, uh-uh. come to this one. Uh, New York City, the New York Comedy Festival is happening. And on Thursday, November 9th, uh, Tribeca Performing Arts Center, we will be doing the last ever rendition of Guys We Fucked the Experience. This is the show we've been touring for over a year. We figured, obviously, the best place to end a show we created in New York is in New York City. It is going to be so fun. It's the biggest New York City show we've ever done. The energy is going to be electric. We have a lot of tricks up our sleeves. And don't forget, there's a lot of cool people in town because it's the New York Comedy oh, Festival. So you're probably going to want to be there. If you see us one time in New York City for the rest of the year, this show, Thursday, November 9th, uh, uh, somebody had tweeted at us that they bought plane tickets to come down for the show. And to that, I say, yeah, you're going to want to do that. Yeah. I wouldn't even say that's crazy. No, because that's how good this show is going to be. Oh, West Coast, Los Angeles. How you doing? Sunday, November 19th at 830. Corinne and I are going to be presenting Fucked, a book mitzvah. At the Comedy Store main room, that's going to be another crazy night. Jeffrey so f- Gurian was specifically excited about that. Oh, really? That's so cute. <laughs> oh, hey, me undies makes me feel good. Makes feel good undies. Your butt 
will be proud to wear and your pussy and your dick or whatever you got going on in between your legs. My words, not this. They will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. And to check it out for yourself, go to MeUndies.com slash GWF. There's tons of styles and patterns to choose from for both men and ladies. Ladies underwear will have the perfect fit for any personality. Me undies feeling is unmatched because they use a naturally soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton. For a limited time only, check out Me Undies first ever glow in the dark prints. Lights out. Ooh, I want one of those. Why not update your underwear drawer and glow at the same time? And if it if underwear isn't your thing, Me Undies Undie also makes the softest socks in the world. I believe it. Uh, I only exclusively wear Me Undies, and it is by choice because they are the softest goddamn underwear I've ever put on my booty. Um, they also make really dope sweatpants, uh, and I, I wear those all the goddamn time. And a sweatshirt. They make really good shit. Um, and the prices are really good. But if you want to get 20% off the best and softest underwear and socks you will ever own in your life with free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, you just got to go to meundies.com slash GWF. That's meundies.com slash GWF. Last ad alert. Uh, thanks so much to uh, our third sponsor for this episode, Blue Apron. This October, Blue Apron is celebrating its fifth anniversary by bringing back its top 20 recipes from throughout the past five years as picked by you, Ooh. the Blue Apron community. My dad's going to be amped. Your favorite Blue Apron recipes are back on the menu for a limited time only. Blue Apron is all about giving people fresh recipes to explore as they learn to cook new dish after new dish, which is why and many people don't realize this, they don't repeat recipes within one calendar year. This is what makes this limited time only offer so exciting. Try out Blue Apron's all-time customer favorites by going to blueapron.com slash GWF. I personally love cooking with Blue Apron because first of all, it, in, it introduces me to new ingredients that maybe I've seen in the supermarket and I didn't really know how to is that edible? <laughs> yeah. And and it helps me to be a better cook when I am cooking without a recipe. I'm like, oh, I know I can mix. I know how to make uh, coleslaw from scratch now. Whoa. I had no idea how to do that. But because I learned it from Blue Apron, I was able to learn it, use it with the recipe. And then another time with ingredients that I had in my house, I, I find myself being more creative and, uh, and taking more risks in the kitchen, which for me, I really love food and I love cooking. So that was exciting for for me. Uh, and also kind of going into uh, different like cultural foods that I would not have tried. I would have never attempted to cook Asian food. It just, dude, I didn't even know you could do happened. that. Yeah. You it could make sesame fucking chicken. Yeah. And not just great. order it. Yeah. You see what's going into it and it does taste better and cleaner and fresher. So Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. Customize your recipes each week based on your preferences. Blue Apron has several delivery options so you can choose what fits your needs and there's no weekly commitment. So when you get only get deliveries when you want uh, them for someone like us who travels a lot, it's great to be able like, okay, this week we're going to be on the road. So no Blue Apron this week, but we'll see you next week. Each meal comes with a separate 
step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card, uh, the pre-portioned ingredients, and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. I like that they changed that because they said 30. And I was like, I'm going to need a second more to chop this scallion. Yo, Blue Apron, I'm going to need about 10 more minutes. I'm going to need a second more to chop this scallion. I got to put a Band-Aid on because I cut myself. But they're complex meals. So it's like when you when you are done, you're like, wow, I just made a fucking pizza from scratch. Yeah. Check out this week's menu and get $30 off your first meal with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash GWF. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Again, that's blueapron.com slash GWF. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Oh. Um, two movie recommendations I wanted to make um, quickly because we have uh, an amazing podcast interview for you all. Um, somebody had recommended after talking last week... Um, to watch the Netflix documentary or documentary on Netflix. I don't know if they produced it. It's called The Mask I Live In. Mm-hmm. And I and I had already watched it. I forgot about it. This person had recommended it. I was like, I'm going to rewatch that. Because I think I told this story about being, um, over the summer I was at a pool with my best friend, Melissa, and there was this, there were families, you know, around in the pool and there was a little boy there with his dad and he was about to jump in the pool. And the dad, I remember the dad just said, jump in the pool. Don't be a girl. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Mm -mm." And the mask I live in is a really interesting documentary about masculinity and how boys are taught not to cry, how to not be like a girl because the feminine is bad and it's weak and it's being in touch with your emotions is a negative thing. And it's really taught early on in these tiny little ways. The word microaggression always made me kind of roll my eyes a little bit, but I, I really through doing this podcast understand now what that word means because it's all these little, that's that's not a microaggression, but just all these little things throughout your life that you that are said to you, that are done to you, even if in the moment they're not really... Um, you're not angry or you're not upset or you're not heartbroken, whatever, it kind of adds up to that. And so this was a really interesting look into what men are taught from a young age, things that I didn't even, points that I didn't even think to to consider. So I highly recommend that. Also, uh, you know, I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman. And I saw, I actually saw it with my boyfriend and my best friend. And I, I thought it was a documentary because I heard about it on Dan Savage. It's not, it's like an actual movie. <laughs> about a polyamorous relationship. It's called Professor Marston and the Wonder Women. And it's the gentleman who created Wonder Woman. I didn't know this. Wonder Woman is basically came out of a fucking three-way relationship, a poly relationship. Her costume came out of kink and bondage. And it's this culmination of these two women that uh, that this man was seeing and, and, you know, had children with and they lived together. And it's fucking fascinating. I laughed. I cried. I loved Wonder Woman even more after that. So go see it. I like movie recommendations because that's that's how I go see movies because Rotten Tomatoes is I but like I highly recommend both of those movies. Well, because the, the first one's on Netflix and the second one's in second actual, one is in theaters. In, in actual in theaters. Yeah. So I'm glad you said this because actually this reminded me of uh, a movie recommendation I wanted to make as well because you guys are always like asking us like, what book should we read? What movie should we watch? I mean, we'll follow your Whatever own Whatever you want. Um, but there's also in a, a, a documentary on Netflix called The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. And I was really, when I when I turned on my uh, Netflix a couple weeks ago and actually saw that, I was kind of really surprised that Netflix even made a documentary about Marsha P. Johnson because she is uh, a revolutionary in the trans movement and oh, o- yeah. often overlooked. Uh, she was uh, found dead, uh, you know, uh, during uh, the height of her popularity. So that's obviously gone over. And I was so excited that they had made this documentary. And then I was talking to Grant 
my, my friend and he was like, he's like, well, yeah, apparently like a lot of this footage was kind of taken without paying or giving credit <gasps> to a lot of trans and LGBTQ people who were oh. there, you know, firsthand filming it. And I was like, of course, of course it was because, you know, in this day and age, yeah, it's not great. It's great, you know, that Netflix put this documentary up, but gotta give credit where credit's fucking Well, and you also know they're mostly doing it to make themselves look good. I I don't... Yes. A a lot of times I question whether they have a real deep need in their heart to share the story of (laughs) Marsha P. Johnson. I, however, thought it was great. And she... She's known for... Back in those days, they do refer to each other as transvestites. Don't fucking blog about it. That's literally what they call themselves. Um, And she started Star, which is... uh, Star is Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. And it really was the first time that it was giving a voice in a place for trans people, which for years and years and years and still today are often an overlooked section of the LGBTQ community. They're not understood. Um, they're kind of like the black sheep of of that community. So I thought that was really interesting. And I mean, just ignore the fucking part where they're just stealing footage because the footage is good and it's footage that needs to be seen. Uh, and I really only hear about Marsha P. Johnson during a uh, gay pride week. And then I fucking don't hear about her ever again. So oh. I thought it was great. They went to her family. Like she actually, her family is like right near where I grew up. Really? Li- living in, in Union? Like, not in Union, but in, in surrounding towns like Elizabeth and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God, this is great. We can fucking knock on their door. That's um, awesome. Awesome. So that was really cool. That's fucking dope. And then we're just gonna read one email because we had we we spent so long talking about sexual assault last week that we didn't have time to hear from you guys, and we want to hear from you guys. You want me to read it? Or? Yeah, yeah, you read it. Yeah. Okay. So this one says, "Hey, so I'm hoping for some advice. Next week I'll be getting laser hair removal. Legs is one area, and the bikini area is another. But unlike at other places, they don't specify, so I can do actual bikini or more." along with the ass and everything in between. (laughs) I'm uncertain as to how much of my pubic hair I should have permanently removed. I've never had a fully waxed Brazilian, although I have shaved it off, but my pain threshold before this made a Brazilian very difficult. So I was building up to that when this opportunity presented itself. I'm guessing someone can do it for free, Uh, (laughs) which is an opportunity, my friend. Uh, Do you fantastical females have any thoughts on the matter of how much hair uh, a woman should permanently remove from their vulva? Another question (laughs) I have is, would you recommend yourselves to 16 and 14-year-old boys? I feel as though my half-brothers would benefit greatly from your podcast, but it wasn't until last year that I officially met them since they live in Wales. Our communication is sporadic at best, but we do still keep in touch. I'm not sure, though, whether it'd be appropriate if I recommended a sex podcast to them, especially since I have no connection whatsoever with their primary guardian, who is their mother. I only talk to our father every once in a while. Should I ask my father before? Probably not. How should I go about it? Or should I just tell them about you guys and hope for the best? Um, you guys are absolutely awesome and it's and it I mean, me a lot. Guarantee those guys are probably watching porn. So uh y- yeah, I say recommend it. I think that I think that a lot of people should be should hear this type of conversation early the earlier the better. 
Yeah, it's a pure, it's a, it's a, it's a sibling to sibling recommendation. So, I mean, you don't have to ask permission because if you were like an outside party adult making a recommendation to someone's child, I would say, yes, then you do need permission, but you guys are on the same level. So it's peer to peer. You don't have to feel weird or ask permission, even though you're not like super close. You're both all like in, you're both like the youngins. So it's totally fine. Uh, don't worry about that. Yeah. And like Christine said, they're, they're watching things that are much worse as far as your vagina goes. Um, I mean, number one, I do think it's, uh, I think it's strange to have something, a hair permanently removed when you've never experienced having it removed for just a period in time because you really don't know if you're going to like it or what it feels like on your body. Yeah, man, people can get their butthole lasered. Yeah, I mean, damn. I got to say, I see no downside to getting your butthole lasered because <laughs> it's not... It's your butthole lasered, it's girl. It's uncomfortable for me. And then just, you're going to get dingleberries. And I mean, <laughs> there's really no, you know? That's the best word. Right? I mean, I know hair hair is mostly present on your body for protection, but these these were times when, you know, people were out in the elements. Yeah. That's dingleberrying not, it up, man. Also, yeah. pubes is different from person to person. I didn't yeah. realize pubes came in all different colors and i and, thought they was all black pube like i have black yeah no red he- redheads have red pubes that's so cool the carpet does match the drapes yeah bro. yeah i'm sure it's hard to hear that and redheads cur- and some is curly and some it's straight and oh yeah, yeah. do you yeah. have straight pubic hair or curl yeah we talked about that i mean that's it's right not, that's what i like, learned it could be straight it's not like stick straight it's but not like straightened it's certainly not like i think a lot of times pubic hair is presented as like super curly and mine is not i mean i haven't course and curly. i haven't fucking seen it in years but i don't think there's really hair on my butthole i felt it and i don't feel any hair and if there is, it's like that very light. Mine has a layer, and I and I I mean, I just shave my ass. My butt crack has hair in it. That's what little. I mean. My, yeah. oh, my oh, butt yeah. hole. Like the, not my yeah. not my actual my my ash cheeks don't, but yeah. my butt But the crack. The crack does. And I mean, like it's <laughs> it's so crazy because people think it's nuts that I still just use like a like a, a Gillette razor. Oh, yeah. You squat, you do a squat, you're very you gotta be very gentle oh. and careful. And then you can get in the crack. See, I just put one of my legs up on something. Oh, that's that's good, too. And act then, like you're taking a shit in the woods. Yeah. Use a lot of I use conditioner as my my instead of shaving cream. I use um like the the skin, the bikini zone because it's really. Oh, sad. I wait. You can use that as a shaving cream. The bikini zone is a, sh- they I make thought it was, a shaving cream. Oh, I thought it was the cream you put on after you shave. Bikini zone makes different products. Oh, okay. They, they make uh like a, it looks like kind of like an aloe gel uh for shaving, which is, oh, which nice. is great. I mean, especially because you're not going to get all that razor burn. Right. It really, if you shave with like a regular shaving cream, you're going to get razor Dude, burn. Dude, yes. And, um, and ingrown hairs. And when you use like a bikini zone or a type, pro- a, a similar product, you really don't get them. It's you know amazing. I just real well, I didn't just realize this, but like recently I have like a patch of, I don't know if it's pubes, Uh huh. like on my upper back left thigh. Oh, that's really common. I mean, really? I don't think it, it's it, your pubes. pubes. It's like in between pubes and head hair. Pubes can go <laughs> wild sometimes because pubes like can go wild. Mine, mine sometimes will like I'll find like one on like my hip, like <laughs> pube on your hip, like on like on like the bone. Yeah. It, oh, really? Like it'll they'll go out a little bit sometimes. Like sometimes they'll just like decide to take a little adventure <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to keep them. They can do whatever they want. Um, yeah, I like I like the feeling of being uh, clean shaven down there, but only because it feels good. 
It just feels better for me. Yeah, just, whatever you do, just make sure you're doing it for you for and you, not because not you saw some else. chick in a movie or not because of some guy you, you you know, you heard said that he likes when no, like, no, just no do whatever hair on you my do. Because mm. I think a lot of feminists, like, it, they're, they're kind of like, uh, uh, just you know, like they grow they out. grow a bush, or because they think that's like anti-establishment. And like, I just really like having no hair, and I've always liked that, and I felt that way since I was a little kid. I don't like hair really anywhere except for on my head. Um, Same. And so I like a body bare of it. I like to have like a swimmer, a swimmer body. Oh God! Now I'm remembering the swimmers from high school. But Mm-mm-mm. but yeah, just remember, you know, this is a, if this is a permanent thing, you've never felt what it's like, and you can always take off more. You can always take off more. So maybe if this yeah. is thing, start a little bit low and then see how you like it. And if you want more taken off, you take more. Can off. you put nair on your butthole? Um, I've tried nair, and honestly, it's weird. I don't think it works. Yeah. See, nair is hard because nair is great the first time yeah. when your hair is soft, but once you have like the coarse, coarse. hair, it becomes di- more difficult. And for like nair. the idea of putting a cream on your pussy hair and then waiting for a second and then just wiping it off and then all the hairs come out—that is like, oh, am I in heaven? I must be, but it never fucking works that way. Nair makes a good upper lip. Uh, thing. Oh, I should do that because last time I got my eyebrows waxed, so like you want your mustache uh, i've been i've been asked a lot I of people have asked started me started your mustache no i thought didn't. i thought because of that joke that you did no <laughs> i didn't because well i was pissed but also appreciative of her forthrightness uh i've really never noticed a mustache on you really no you, really no i really, really haven't i really cool. haven't it's there though but yeah thank you no but i but then i see some women and i'm like oh she has kind of a mustache but like whatever i don't care but uh i guess Part of me doesn't want to remove it out of protest. Oh. Because I'm like, fuck it. I love my mustache. I have a tiny little bit and I'll get out like once a year, I'll get it taken off. Either my, myself wax with nair or, or wax. I've done both. The nair is great though. Like if when, when if you like, because I feel like a lot of like young girls are like, you know, timid to ask their parents and like, obviously you're not going to go to the spa and get a oh. wax when you're 14. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to go to like a, a, a pharmacy and you can buy a little nair and you can take your mustache off if you don't want to have a mustache <laughs> anymore. That's freedom. I was a little scared though That's that if nice. I used either nair or waxing or shaving, whatever, then I would have, a, I would break out in the shape of a mustache on my face. I'm like, well, that's worse. That is possible. And you're supposed you're supposed to test it. So you can like test it on your arm hair to see oh, if your skin has a reaction to that's it. That's a good idea. But there, don't use regular nair on your face. There's specific face, face nair. nair. Yes. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good to know because I would have gotten the pussy nair. I mean, I, from I, my face. I don't think it's going to hurt your face, but I think it's like the the face one is a little bit gentler and it's like in an apple, the applicator is better for your face. Oh, when do you, did you ask your mom permission before you shaved your legs? I just kind of did it. And I was like, that was a mistake. I did talk to her about it because like I remember there being this like she was like you're not like she she kind of like made it go as long as possible because she's like once you start shaving your uh, legs it's a whole drama but then one day I just was like this is too much this. and I was like I look like a grizzly bear and like p- people were saying rude things about my legs and Aww. but like also like I was like yeah this is like too hairy. I remember <laughs> being so fucking excited to shave my legs because I was like I'm a woman. Yeah and also my mom was being dramatic it was not even that hard I was like well, I think people just can't do, yeah that can't was me I, I cut myself up a little bit yeah it really wasn't <laughs> difficult I thought you had to really press the razor oh, hard oh my god oh my skin. god oh, I, I mean I still cut Ankle myself the days every time I start a new blade really because the new blade is so fresh the new blade yeah gets that close ass shave 
I still will cut my pussy like all the time. So I wonder, I've always asked Steven, I'm like, man, your hair grows in your fucking face. You can't hide that. But I'm like, oh, that's the one thing that's owned such an inconvenience. And then I started going into a tirade against him. And he's like, I didn't bring this up. You did. I'm like, I'm sorry. I need to stop. You know? <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. All right, guys. Are you ready for this week's guest? Yeah. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's a comedian. She's a host of the podcast, Psychic Hotline, a dollar a minute. Please give it up, ladies and gentlemen. Farrah Brooke. Lotioning up, you lubing up. Well, I am a woman in her late twenties on Accutane. Oh, oh, you are. dude, <laughs> so horrifying and embarrassing. I almost went on that because uh, I had so I went off birth control and then spironolactane usually I've works for that. acne. Yep, it didn't work this time around. Then I went off of it and then I don't know what the fuck happened. But well, I, your skin looks great now. Well, I didn't leave my house for a long time because uh, I can't when I'm breaking out. Yeah, yeah, I was on Accutane for for in all call college. It was great. Oh, I didn't know you were. Yeah, I well, was, was a, on Accutane too. It was a legal shout out for a while. Shout out to Accutane. After, right out, yeah, right after I did it, it then it became illegal. They stopped giving it to people, and I guess now it's back on the market. Market. Don't like, side effects yeah. include like dying in sleep? <laughs> no, it's the only thing is you, if you get pregnant, you can basically have a cone head for a baby, and they illustrate the cone. Is that head a bad thing on the back of it? I Probably. Mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so comically. it is an extreme drug. I think it was used like in chemo at a certain. I don't know oh, where damn. they. It'll get rid of your cancer this. and your acne. It's, well, I mean, you have to. I had to sign a thing saying that if I got pregnant, I would get an abortion. A hundred percent. And you have to. Damn. It's brutal for women. Yeah. Like dudes can go to the dermatologist and they get the prescription and they start it. For women, you have to get a pregnancy test 30 days before you even start. Then once a month, 30 every days month. again, you Are get you serious? a sec. You have to have two yeah, pregnancy you have to, tests. Yeah, you have to give a pregnancy test every month that you're on an Accutane. I wow. had to go and, and get take one. a full questionnaire online, yeah. quote unquote sex questions, which honestly, I didn't even understand some of them. But like, <laughs> I, I really didn't. I have to Google one of them. Like, they're so Where ridiculous. Where does the penis go? <laughs> like, can you get hand? pregnant underwater? Can you get pregnant you can though, right? on a ride yeah i said yes can i think <laughs> can you get pregnant on a ride in an can uber you get pregnant in a stride <laughs> so oh 
that's my fun you reality right now. I didn't answer that question. I was not asked that question. I forget the one that I could not figure out the answer to, but it was just so ridiculous. Weird. And it's a lot and to you put can't people drink, through. Right? Well, <laughs> that's what they tell you. My I wasn't dermatologist said yeah. you can. I'm not a big drinker to start with. Oh, okay. But I did this past weekend a little. Um, Sometimes you got to have a, a little drink. Yeah, it's really intense, but I do wish I did it five years ago, 10 years ago. Oh, like, yeah. You know, like you're saying, you were stuck in your house. Like, I know. The, it's very hard. Acne is a serious yep. thing. I said if I, if I die and I'm breaking out, I don't want an open casket. <laughs> <laughs> Close that up. No one wants to see that. But also, too, it's so funny how other people realize it's so much less than you see. You notice it on your face. I know, but that's I didn't also even know your skin was bad. Right. But that's also frustrating. Like when I would tell people I was doing this, they're like, you don't need to. Your skin is great. This is I know like, if you went on it, you know, you needed to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And now that I'm a month and a half in the reactions I'm getting from people being like, oh, I didn't even realize. But it's like, yeah, I know I'm taking care of my own shit. Yeah, I had bumps covering my whole face (laughs) for like many years now. I can't. It's so funny because I know guys are always like, I don't care about that. I'm like, it's not for you. Exactly. I don't care what you don't care about. (laughs) I'm trying to deal with my own confidence and also anybody like you have a rash this that on your face on your it's goddamn so vulnerable face. you know if smoking made me break out i wouldn't smoke well actually probably Same. does make you break out i guess but no i've been smoking and i'm fine now cigarettes so. yeah christina what come on it makes you break out <laughs> i don't sure she just yes. can't believe that you're smoking yeah, yeah well <laughs> i'm smoking and you look so good too it's not fair <laughs> Well, I drink a lot of water and I stay indoors. Like I said, don't look at the sun and you'll stay beautiful. Anyway. Oh, vaginas. I, you know. You are the one who uh, cured Corinne of her chronic UTI. Did I cure you? Yeah. Well, I or mean. helped her find the cure. Yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> mine was not as chronic as yours. But I mean, just some people I don't I don't have a like a I don't share like a pH balance with. I mean, they fuck mm-hmm. up my uh, pH balance. Sure. So, yeah, now that I, I had once I got the clear track. You haven't had a UTI nope. since? Nope. Oh, my. Yeah. That makes me want to cry. Because I remember she, you had one before the snowstorm hit, right? There I was mean, a yeah, snowstorm. that was like two years ago. Well, because because I tried to call my gynecologist to get the UTI meds because I've called her in the past and she wouldn't do it. She may be coming for it. Yeah, a lot I of cunts think... were involved in that week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a huge problem in the country and wherever that UTI medication yeah. and yeast infection medication, you're required to go to a doctor, pay a copay, this and that, when all women we know. know what the fuck it is. We know what it is. We know what it is. And it's kind of like an insurance re- w- control, government control. I don't like it. The only yeah, thing is it nonsense. does like the, the a part of the reason, which is I know true. No, not mixed misdiagnosed. But if you keep taking the medicine that they provide from from like an actual doctor, as opposed to like our the woo woo stuff that we like. Um, That's it, what my dad calls it. The woo woo stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he literally <laughs> does call it that. No, I know you said that. Before. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say that, you're like, my dad says that's like, really? We know. Wow. I guess I have a bad memory, too. Fair. Um, and uh, no, and so uh, it stops working. Uh, is basically like the it, true it's and not maybe I'm, anymore. I'm jumping to things because it is antibiotics and you need to go to a doctor for any antibiotics. It's just annoying. So, and if a UTI goes untreated too long, you can get a kidney infection and die. <laughs> I love being a woman. Pussies are very 
uh, very picky. Oh man, I've about got a what complicated one. Especially yeah. yours, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard a lot about your vagina. It's like, a, I feel like I'm like meeting a celebrity. <laughs> Hello. We've taught, we've referenced you on the podcast before about uh, Fairbrook knows I UTIs. know people have told me. Oh really? <laughs> I know this that's- is my legacy, even, <laughs> it, even in comedy. You know, I do uh, comedy, but it's not about that. It's about spreading the gospel on clear track. Hey, and helping women with their pussies. We I appreciate have helped it. a lot of people with this. How do you, what do you do for yeast infection? Cause after I had, I got one for a fucking month. What is that? Yes. Yeah, so basically, you know, I had chronic UTIs for years and I was on a low dose antibiotic. I was supposed to take every time I had sex and Damn. I did. And I did for over a year at least. And you know, I was just, I went to urologists, gynecologists, everywhere. Like, this just can't be. And in a late night fury of Googling, which I had done before, I tried every natural product on the market, believe me. I was in a late night fury. I found out that these antibiotics I was taking, long-term use of them causes cancer. Uh, like, of course, but yeah. it freaked me out. I'm looking at blogs. I'm trying to find whatever. I find this blog. It's like women holding their arms up, celebrating <laughs> beaches and this. And I'm we like, we did it, ladies. Right. I'm like, this can't be real. This is just another scam, whatever. But I was so desperate that I ordered some. <laughs> and I've never gotten a UTI since. Damn. Nice. It's crazy. It's crazy. And they sell it on Amazon. I feel like we're on the home shopping network. You got the <laughs> I have in all front my of products. You're an which Avon brings lady. me. <laughs> <laughs> but this brings me to your question about the yeast infections because yeah. God, life is fun. You ever, uh, you ever <laughs> walk down the street and you just you have when you when I have a yeast infection, like I don't care where I itch my pussy, I'm gonna itch. Yeah, it. what all it's, of these things? It is foul and gross, but I don't even care. I do it in front of children. Any vaginal issue to me at least, stops your life. Yeah, because you can't walk. Because I vagina, don't know how to function. You feel your life. When you walk, you feel your vagina. It's very uncomfortable. And both UTIs and yeast infections are this special sort of torture that like you could go to work, you could go to school, <laughs> yeah. but you're feel like you're dying and also there's no advil there's nothing that yeah. can just like especially for uti yeah there's like tablets you can take for utis that numb you um but it's just <laughs> whatever but so it brings me to your question about the yeast infections so much fun since i solved my chronic uti issue last year i started with a chronic yeast infection issue who's horny oh yeah baby <laughs> Wait, are they, were they related at all? Did anyone tell you like, uh, or did any information you found on the internet, was there a relationship between those or was just lucky, no. a lucky girl? I'm a lucky girl with a sensitive <laughs> V. <laughs> and as you said, you've heard so much about it. It is a difficult vagina, but I've also, just to put it out there on the record, it's also a golden vagina. <laughs> yeah, you got, a golden, gotten, you got a golden pussy? I've gotten great I've feedback. Got the golden so pussy. It's very sensitive, but... Well, it's high maintenance, like, you know, just like a, just like a very, like, you know, like a, a top Ferrari. tier movie star. Exactly. Yeah. How, what like kind of Angelina Jolie of pussies. What kind of feedback do you get on your pussy? <sighs> well... <laughs> hey, Farrah, great pussy. Honestly, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. The, the feedback has been, you know, off the walls positive, and I'm so grateful, Whoa. even though I've had to deal with my own things. I think it has to oh. do a lot with... The wetness. I don't know. <laughs> oh, because I don't really know if I've ever gotten feedback on my vagina. I'm sure it's great, Christina. Yeah. Don't stress. No, it. it doesn't. Not mean it's 
great. I think it is great, but like yours has to be like golden. Well, I just hope that all these, uh, all the pain I've been through with these ailments, there's some positive part to it. Anyway, so to answer your question about the yeast infections, I kept doing the Diflucan, which is the one-time pill that you Mm, get from the doctor. I did that many times after so many times, 10, 15 times of taking that, it stopped working. Oh, Um, You get like immune to it, Mm. yeah. And I was like, I am going to find my clear tract for (laughs) yeast infections. Like I'm determined. I'm part of a private Facebook group for vaginal health. That's awesome. (laughs) Of course you are. Yes. Did yes, you I start? Are you the president of it? Because <laughs> you should Surprisingly, be. no. But so I I posted there saying anything, please. Like yeah. I need a godsend. This Because it was the yeast infections for me were pretty much once a month. Oh. And they last. Were a they good, around your period? Yeah, sometimes. Tampons definitely irritate me. Oh, um, so it could often be like right after my period, which is, wow, what a joy. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. you come you out the other side there. And now it's a bakery. <laughs> exactly. Ew. I'm sorry. Uh, Big apologies to everyone. But <laughs> so somebody suggested these boric acid vaginal suppositories also that I got on Amazon. PH, the brand is PHD. Just so you know, mm-hmm. before I came to do this podcast, I ordered five tubs of clear track. No. <laughs> yeah. And two of these just in case. Cause you know, like you fall in love with, you know, a brand of jeans and they discontinue yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta suck so, up. Who knows? But so I put one of these in my pussy every single night for like every 60 n- days. Whoa. You know, you're not a woman in comedy until you're on stage with boric acid falling out <laughs> your vagina. Wow. Don't wear a dress. I was going to say a suppository for a vagina. I've never even heard of that. That's so interesting. I know. Yeah, they're always for your butthole. <clears throat> I know. It's lovely. Mm. But drum roll, please. Knock on wood. I have not gotten a YouTube. A yeast infection since. Wow. <laughs> and how long has it been? Only a few months. So okay, I'm not I'm not counting good. my chickens, but <laughs> I'm happy. So we just you just stick it in the hole where the tampon would go. Is uh-huh. that what you're doing? You and stick how it far all the up? way up before how bed. Up? The sex hole? As far up as you can get it. And does it go and does it go You could even use an applicator. I and it doesn't and it just stays in there and it dissolves? Overnight, yeah. Okay. You sleep with it, maybe you put your legs up. And oh, then, like over, and then yeah, over the next day, it will probably fall out a little. It's always good to oh. refer to it as the tampon hole. That's yeah. how you know that you've you got a good sex education. I know. Um, where has mm. it ever fallen out at a time in which you wish it wouldn't have? I mean, it's I, I pack three pairs of underwear to work, you know, oh, sometimes, man. sometimes. Damn. <laughs> just be, But you know what? If it's working, it's working. Yeah, you're so amped. But it's just crazy, like the rituals now I have around sex. It's like, gotta drink this white powder. Gotta stick in <laughs> Let this Let me thing. drink my potion before you like, fuck me one second. Why does it have to be so... I know guys get this stuff too occasionally, but... Yeah, not God, nearly as much. Right. We, like... Are we cursed? I don't know what it is. Why so are you still taking so clear track before every sexual uh, encounter? Um... You know, I try to, not necessarily before, but Uh, around it just to be safe. Sometimes I don't. And if I feel something coming on, then I'll take it like twice or three times Mm. that day. I took it today. Do you, are your periods quote unquote normal? Are they? Yes. Okay. That's good at least. Yeah. Thankfully, 
I mean, my friends complain that I have a four week cycle to my period and that it's a whole long process, but I disagree with them. (laughs) I think my period's pretty chill. I'm not someone who's like, you know, locked up in their room over cramps, knock on wood. You don't have to bar, you don't bar from cramps. Right. That's good. Yeah. And my flow is of a medium level. (laughs) (laughs) You're so poetic about you. When I was on birth control, I'd be like, it's a paper cut. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that about birth control. Oh my God. I wouldn't get, I would get mine twice a year. I'm like, is Uh, that normal? The doctor was like, yeah. I'm like, is it? Okay. But uh, I, I took it. It was great. So why did you decide to get off birth control? Why did I decide to get off birth control? Um, I think I lost my libido completely. Mm, mm-hmm. That was part of it. And when did you go on it? I went on it like in college and then off it probably a bit after. I was not mm. uh, maybe a few years, but I was never like long term on it. Once I got off of it, I felt good. Right. Because I'm 32. I've been on it since I was 18. And I'm always like, I don't even know like life without it. Yeah. I, you know, it was fine for a long time. I was mm-hmm. on like low estrogen 24. Yeah. MB, mm-hmm. So that's pretty, I think that's considered a low dose. That yeah. was the lowest that when I, yeah. went, I was on that. It was never like a huge thing for me. But now looking back, it definitely, you know, I think it made me a little depressed and mm-hmm. it, it just, I felt better off of it. Yeah. And I'm very in tune with my cycle. So, you know, I'm my own birth control. It is kind of nice <laughs> to be able to have a period naturally when you go, because I went off of it because it made me insane. So, uh, but it's nice to also just have, I don't know, you feel like your body's working the way it want it wants to work. Yeah, like, my okay. mom was always a little anti the birth control. So that was always in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of it overall. But me too. I mean, I just like for me, I you know I just can't the con- the fear of pregnancy of getting pregnant is higher than anything else. Yes, I understand that. I like mean, it's higher than like my fear of getting murdered. Honestly. And then I think that's birth control is a great fit for you <laughs> as the doctor in residence on this. Did you ever get your tubes tied? <laughs> uh, no, not at the stage. No. I also just want to say that I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about. Um, science or health so definitely don't take my cures or advice as you know anything medical or real other than my own personal experience yes cool Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) um so let's talk about something a little more serious um we talked about you said you listened to our intro last week i did um, and one of the things about the and pod- I sweat through my sheets because so I listen we. to you guys while I lay in bed. It's oh, that's creepy. No, I think it's nice. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. And sometimes you got your dick in your hand. Sometimes you don't, you know, Whatever. to each his own um, infection. But you uh, were sexually assaulted. Yes. And I don't know anything about it because you you didn't want to talk about it, which is very understandable. A lot of people don't. Right. Um, but you are into talking about it now. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) The thing that's crazy to me is I've never been someone who's very influenced by celebrity culture or even pop culture, this or that. But everything that's been going on in the last week or so and with the whole Weinstein, what would you call it? Epidemic. Yeah. Rape is a sexual assault and epidemic. Yeah. Around the world. And, you know, the Me Too thing that's going on on Facebook and Twitter, all this stuff, I 
surprised myself by being changed by it. Oh, good. And by like my ideas about my own privacy around it or the fact that I've never told anybody like it changed because of this, because of everybody talking about it and because of all the people coming out and being public about it, it has changed how you my perception about my own story. I always felt that, you know, it was and I still feel it is your right to privacy. Like you, no one needs to tell their story. Oh, of course. And the fact, Agreed. I mean, a lot, I saw a lot of with the Me Too hashtag uh, and just for anyone listening who d- doesn't know what that is, it, Me Too is basically uh, you post Me Too, like M-E-T-O-O uh, if you've been sexually harassed or uh, assaulted or raped or any of those things, which I mean, I, I can't even, I was like, I'm I'm surprised if someone hasn't been at least Absolutely. sexually harassed. And I I kind of was like, I feel like it's how sad is it that we live in a world where because I've only been sexually harassed, not sexually assaulted, uh, that I feel like I've won the fucking lottery. Like, that's that's so sad to me. Right. And you just but you're, but in stories. a way, it's like, yeah, yeah, it, you know, and it's weird to feel that way. Like, yeah, I'm lucky. Right. But yeah, I wish I every man would ask uh, w- the women in his life. If they've been sexually assaulted or if they know somebody close to them who's been sexually assaulted, I think that would change other people's minds. That would what? freak What's me that the look fuck, for? That yeah, would freak no, me the fuck out if someone asked me that. I agree <laughs> no, with Corinne. No, no, like, no. It's, but that's what we're getting into. Uh, no, is like, you're it is really, really no, 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 hard no. to talk about. I know, yeah. but even if someone, if someone that I, that would make me more suspicious of that person. Honestly, that would freak me the fuck out <laughs> if someone was like, have you been? I mean, no, it, not that like way, a boyfriend like, I've known for yeah. like years. It's fine. But like, you know, when do, but also it's like, when do you bring that up? I know. When do you I know. date five? No, I don't feel comfortable. No, not yet. a first date thing. It's more like, oh, I was listening to this podcast. and They're talking about the epidemic of sexual assault. Do you know anybody who that's happened to? I know. And this is right. Well, but what I'm is sure those conversations yeah. are happening now, yeah. which is which a really is great thing. In couples, for sure. For sure. So well, in terms of couples, like actually I said, I never told anybody, but I did tell my ex uh-huh. um, that was the first person and probably now I'm thinking, well, first person for many years that I told. Um, did it happen? How long ago? Mass. So I had a great high school boyfriend and I had a great boyfriend that turned into my ex-fiance who I got with at the very end of college. Uh What we're going to talk about today is a relationship I had early in my early college years with neither of those people. Got it. Um, But in terms of it being kind of like, oh, you're on a first date. So where'd you grow up? Have you ever been assaulted? Yeah. You haven't been raped, right? Right. When I told my ex he was amazing about it and so supportive. Oh, good. I'm so thankful that he was the person I told. What What about his reaction made you feel good, like comforted? Just like he was totally there for it and not judgmental at all and not even overly like angry or emotional about it. I think that that's something that people should know when maybe somebody is confiding in you. Like, of course, you're going to have a reaction, but sometimes like an extreme emotional reaction doesn't necessarily help. Because it's not about the, situation. the person you're telling. It's about you. Yeah, right. I would think right. is the important part of that. Right. So, so he was great. Good. Good. So what happened? Okay. So basically I was like, this is not an uncommon story is the thing. Like 
I was in a relationship with someone. I was in love with someone. Mm -hmm. And I know like he loved me too. I 100% know that. And it was a serious relationship. And it's, he like, I. it's first of all, bear with me. This is the first yeah. time I'm talking about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Like he was a theater kid. He was, you know, a virgin. He was mm. a good guy. Like he was kind of a nerd, kind of a nerd, you know, just, you know, someone you would ne- good Catholic, like, you know, had a great family, all this stuff, just the least aggressive or, you know, he was violent kind, person you could ever imagine. Kind and gentle kind of guy. Totally, totally loved by everyone. And I was like the loudest bitch in the fucking <laughs> town. Like I was, and still at, like I was super outspoken, like, you know, would t- take down anyone with an argument. Right. You know, very, as some would say, probably annoying. <laughs> but like a loud, you know, strong, not what he was bringing to the table. And we, you know, we fell in love. We were in a relationship. He hadn't had sex before I had. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't just because I had had sex before. I wasn't necessarily ready to to do it with him. Like I had only had sex once before. And, you know, I want since I knew it was going to be a big deal to him, like I wanted to take time with it. And basically it just turned into something where he had sex with me when I didn't want to. And we were, you know, at his parents' place, but his parents weren't there. And I started, you know, to fight it at first, like, Mm. you know, physically and pushing him off and, you know, like, getting like saying no verbal and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like eventually I was crying and then that's when how, it happened. How long had you not, not that this matters. I'm just trying to get a context of, of the situation. Like how long had you been dating at that point? I'd say like six months or okay. so. Okay. So good amount of time. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we were in college, like had there were been any like, conversation about like how, how, like what was the, were the conversations leading up to the assault? If any, about having sex. Um, just that he was ready and felt like it was <clears throat> the right situation for him. And like I told you guys, just being like, well, I still want to like take our time with it. So just like a lot of selfish wording, like, well, I'm ready. kind yeah, of. Yeah. And I think he felt mm-hmm. um, like it was his call because clearly it sounds like I it. wasn't a virgin and he was. Yeah. Um. Were you guys on the couch watching Netflix, not Netflix, it was a long time ago, but, uh, you know, a movie or something? Or were you just hanging out at his we house? We were hanging. Yeah, we were watching a movie to start. But this, it's like kind of creepy. But it was like, yeah, it was in his parents, like on the floor in their room. It was very mm-hmm. like weird. It was very bizarre. And I was super shaken up. And I just kind of went to another place in my head. And mm. then I remember like running from there right after like and this was probably of all the times it happened the most clearly like aggressive time because oh. as it would like continue to happen I would more and more kind of just check out but so so, so he raped you multiple times yeah so basically after that time I ran to the train and I called my guy friend who was also his friend and I was hysterical crying and this and that and then um but midway through like once I could clear 
crying to talk, I decided not to tell him oh, what okay. happened. Okay. And kind of just made it about something else. And then so I broke up with him. And that's kind of this is where you start like the longer cycle of things. Like we broke up and then he would do like a lot of extreme gestures. And what is that? What do you mean by that? Um, like, you know, sending yeah. a lot of flowers or buying oh, things or, you know, he would. One example, this wasn't this specific time was like because I would talk to him here and there. I'm not at, also like I just I just want, I don't see myself really as like a victim of this or that it was so hard what happened to me or, you know, it's it was there was and that's why it's complicated. Like, yeah, yeah. I would talk to him like I would. Sure. I probably should have n- cut off communication completely. Some with people him go right back there. and have sex with the person who insulted them, because which they will happen control. in here like that did happen so did you, he when just to, to quickly um get some contact did you tell him why you were breaking up with him when you broke up with him like yes. do you remember that conversation at all yeah like this first time was as i said like the most dramatic uh-huh and he totally knew and then when we got back together even like the just so people like the extreme that that would happen would it be like i'd be like make a joke or something like the only way we'd get back together is like if you get your nipple pierced or something and mm-hmm. he came back with his nipple pierced are you kidding me i mean it was but see how Maybe i'm was, also kind of playing i don't know what well, yeah but I he's was doing desperate to not feel like a rapist maybe did you yeah. tell him he raped you in those words <laughs> like just so you guys know where i'm coming from like and what i've like gone through in therapy i've never actually called it rape before okay like I'm more comfortable with sexual assault. Right. That Although makes, I understand sense. like that it was that it mm-hmm. just because of the context of it, like being this loving relationship, that's just not how I identify it with the word in my head. But that, that is sense. that. And I get that. Yeah. Um. So we did get back together and I said, you know, but right now sex is off the table. Okay because of what happened. So he was very clear to know that this was like an issue that happened, but putting sex off the table just kind of led to this happening again. Again. And then like, I was really desperate to kind of think like this wasn't happening. So I was like, Mm, Oh no, I, I want this too. I want this too. And a lot of times I would just like completely disassociate during and go, you know, completely elsewhere and wouldn't even really realize what happened. And, you know, it, it was just a, a lot of a cycle of this would happen again. Uh, uh, there were many times where I don't want to say it was chill assault, but <laughs> it wasn't the story I just told where right. it was, you know, it was just my dorm room. And it was it happened fa- like a lot of times I would feel like you know, it's easier just to not deal with this. It's easier. And maybe I do want it because I love him and this Mm -hmm. and that. And there were times we had sex that I was on board and it was good and fine. But there would always kind of be these weird instances. So we did like kind of get back into like a normal sex life. Like I had forgiven him and gotten past it. And he, you know, said he learned and all this stuff. So we did have like, you know, normal sex and a decent sex life for a while. But there'd always be these kind of incidents that would happen where 
I would say no, or I wouldn't want to at that time. And it would happen anyway. We'd break mm. up again. The whole cycle of, you know, extreme gestures, manipulation right, right, right. to get back together. And also like, it's weird. The bond that's created through this, like I felt so close to him and I felt like we had the secret and I felt like, you know, he was in, could you sense his pain when he was doing that to you? Yeah. Like, and his sorrow after and huh. how much he loved me and, you know, how close we were. And then it was like this thing no one else knew but us. And well, those are, I mean, those are like classic characteristics for an abusive, like a domestic uh, abusive relationship. Right. I mean, like, you know, the, the, it, usually it's the guy who apologize, you know, does something like hits the woman, then apologizes, makes a grand gesture, comes back. I mean, that's a very kind of like classic. So I'm sure lots of people are going through that. And the secrecy is interesting, though. I mean, when you say love, like now, I mean, now that you are, you feel healthier now. I'm, I'm guessing. Yes. Right. Yes. So I now feel that you like know what love is, like, to do be you feel here today, I'm yeah. finally like in a really good place, and I have been for years, and it's right. always been something that I'm like, I'm so glad that's a tucked away thing that I yeah. dealt with through many years of therapy and came out the other side in a healthy place, and I felt really strong and like it is my right and a cool thing that I don't have to tell anyone. There are things in life that can be just between you and yourself. Yeah. And I was always really, you know, happy that that was the case for me. And the thing with the UTIs to bring it full circle is that. So my issues with UTI started during that time. I was always susceptible to them. Like my mom was susceptible to them. I was definitely always susceptible. But of course, you get a UTI and you can't have sex. Right. So, ah, he, yeah. Yeah. But, but then he would. But wasn't when there was no mm. consent uh, given that. Yeah. And it would be a really clear thing. Like, I'd be like, you can't come over because I'm sick. Like, I have wow, a UTI. Yeah. I know what this is. This and that. And he'd be like, I just want to take care of you. Nothing wow. like that. This and that. And then it would happen again. And then I would g- not heal from this UTI. Like, you're not supposed to be fucking when you have a UTI. Yeah. That's like the last thing. Yeah. yeah, So like it would keep irritating it and I'd be at all these doctors and inside I just like really prayed that one of these doctors was going to kind of get a red flag from this and ask me about it. (sighs) Like that was my like real hope at that time was like, oh, a doctor's going to know because why would I just not be able to you know, that makes a lot of sense. Get over this. Can I ask you two questions that it, they're kind of intense? If you don't want to answer them, please just say like, okay. yeah, I'm good. No problem. Um, the first time it had happened when you were in your parents' bedroom. His parents. His, I'm sorry, his parents, excuse me. Uh, did he hold you down? How did he, yeah. how, so yeah. how did, okay. So he was on top of you and yeah. he just like, put physically I mean yeah. men are stronger yeah. than women it's just yeah. a scientific fact so and it's I not- thought like at the beginning but then I just went numb wow and, and then I just like yeah and a lot of the times that's what the case was like I remember this time we went to a friend's place upstate and we were barbecuing and <laughs> my mom had dared me to eat a hamburger she said I'll give you a hundred dollars if you eat a hamburger because I hadn't eaten. I was a vegetarian and hadn't eaten meat in like five years. And my oh. mom loves meat. She was just like, 
yeah, whatever. And so I did because my morals are not that high. <laughs> and I love money. <laughs> like, Anything for a hundred bucks, yeah, baby. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of like prove her wrong or whatever. But anyway, I threw up like the hardest I've yep, ever thrown up in my life. From an uncooked burger. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I mean, un- uncooked whatever, but I threw up like still to this day, the hardest I ever have. <laughs> Over 20 times. Ooh, like God. Oh, 20, God. Oh, it was damn. crazy. It was crazy. And then I went back, like, and that's, you know, a memory I have of being very close in a room with other friends. And I had just gotten back at, like, my lowest low and mm. the most sick I've ever been. And, like, he still had sex with me. And at that point, it had been going on so long. It wasn't a fight. Mm. It was just... Yeah. Laying there. And my other question that's kind of dark question, but uh, I, where do you go in your where did you go in your head? You know that I'm not sure. And I still think that I disassociate during sex and I'm working on that. And it's really tricky. And I wish I knew more about it because. The crazy thing about this whole story is, well, there's a lot of crazy things and. I don't know. I feel this need to keep saying like, see, yeah, I didn't always say no. I didn't always, you know, act right after. Like I participated in it too and this and that. But the crazy thing is later on in college, I was like in an acting class and I wasn't able to cry. And I was having like extreme insomnia. Like I just wouldn't sleep full like most nights. I just wouldn't sleep at all, this and that. So I went for the first oh, time. God, that to, would make you mentally insane. Exactly. So I went to a counselor at NYU just about this like insomnia. I was hoping they'd give me a pass for my own room, like, you know, and to talk about the crying thing. And basically over 10 sessions with this woman, she on I had zero memory of this entire thing. Zero. Could, zero memory. You I just can't even blocked it out completely. completely. So yeah. I think that's connected with the Whoa. disassociation. Like it was the hardest, craziest process of my life because I truly had no memory of it at all. When did you I mean, I guess you don't wouldn't know when you lost memory of it like you. And I, I it's weird. Like, I wouldn't know because I, I did know like that I had a planned I had an escape plan. Like I had a planned breakup. Oh, um, well, because I had tried to break up with him so many times. And what would he say? It, it would just be like he'd just convince me and it would mm. be. And also he'd show up. I was gonna say he would show <laughs> up. Right. Yeah. yeah like yeah. it was very hard and after breaking up with someone I think at least five or six times I just was I gave up I was like I can't I was like honestly I can't do it. it's a weird the heart is weird because at the, my last boyfriend before my current one like seven years ago he cheated on me the girl came over my house was like here are the text messages and proof that he's been fucking me your whole relationship went upstairs I broke up with them wanted to get back together with them desperately I don't know why I wanted I wanted to pretend I almost lied to him and told him I was pregnant because I wanted an excuse to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, I don't that, know what the emotionally fuck is that? what goes on in these situations. Well, like, even if someone's done you wrong, you still feel like a closeness to them, you know, and also, you know, you you want to see the best in the people that you loved, even if a lot of that love was based on a lie. Yeah. And I really believed that I could change him. 
and that he was learning and yeah, that that's if a it was thing, yeah. yeah and that I was the only one that could help this and if I didn't then there'd be other people just as a pre wow that's a, a lot of pressure to put on yourself um and like yeah so some also though a girl who dated him before had warned me about this and so really? many words yes what and did she I, say she was like, he's not a good guy. He's not what he seems. And I thought, she's fucking crazy. Right. She's jealous. This, yeah. that. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until later that I realized, like, ah, oh, fuck. Bitch was right. Yeah. And you it, you gotta you gotta learn your own well, that's a that's a tough lesson. But it, it you know, a lot of, that makes sense that you didn't heed her warnings because it's like I would think that too, you know? I and know. you wanna learn for your own self sometimes, no matter what what that means, what that's going to mean and what you're going to go through because of that. I do have to say, though, anytime a girl has warned me about someone, they were right. So I yeah, think we I just know. need to really uh, maybe. Yeah. And how much it must have <clears throat> taken for her to sure. come out and do that. Right. Knowing yeah, that, that we were her. starting and that's I was true. happy and I yeah, I respect her so much. And it also validates me knowing because still with the like lack of memory and this and that you start playing your own mind games of did I make this up? Am I, Mm, you know, that's why I look to like the specific examples that I remember to give me the conviction that, you know, I know this happened and this and that and story and like knowing what she said and did you ever talk to her since no 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 and um what was your last interaction with him well okay so the breakup plan yeah so we had broken up so many times and I just fully gave up in my head I was like I am too weak to do this like I'm not it's not gonna happen so I planned four months in advance he was transferring He wasn't at NYU, by the way, but he was in the city. And Mm -hmm. I knew he was transferring to a different college out of the city far, still in New York before. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that was happening in September. Uh, And this, you know, was way earlier in the year. hmm. But I was like, in my head, I was like, the only way I'm really going to be able to do this is to plan ahead and for him to be gone. Wow. So we were already planning, though, it was going to be long distance and this and that. And he was going to visit every other weekend and I was going to visit every other weekend. And but in my head, I had plotted like that he was going to leave and I was going to break up with him over the phone. Mm -hmm. And that's how this was going to be able to actually happen. And he might not know where you live in come September. Your dorm would be different, your apartment, whatever. Right. I still was like very afraid. Sure. Of course. But this was my big exit plan. And so I went on in a relationship with him for four to five months acting Uh, and playing just normal. Had he ever said, made any statements like, if you break up with me, I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to hurt myself kind of thing? No. And he wasn't necessarily violent he Mm -hmm. never hit me it wasn't super physical which was confusing after the fact you're like um maybe it's not bad maybe I did want it maybe I was he was violent I mean he was violent when these things would occur it's almost Um, like not like like holding you down in that first instance yes but most times it what wouldn't get to that point of contention because I would just like take it I would just yeah lie there I would lie there that's what I would do yeah and I wouldn't talk about it after. And we just go on with the day. And he would act normal because it seems like almost like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a thing where it just like that's like, why it's so confusing. <clears throat> yeah. And like we talk, we're talking so much about like these 
you know, creepy sexual predators and that's a huge issue and this and that. But it's, it's not like, the common one, though. Those are the common ones. The like, one that this you is had a nice guy. This is, you know, a respected guy by his peers. And this is, you know, a harmless person. And do you still feel like you. he's a nice guy, though? I do. That's, that was one of I my do. questions. Why do you say that? Why? Well, because I do. I still look at it and I'm like, he, you know, was doing his best. And I don't know what kind of trauma he experience that led him to act this way and I don't I still think it was like a mistake like it's all the things that go through your head are like crazy and when you voice like thoughts like that to a therapist how does a therapist come back at you with that if at all or just listen Mm, they no, they come back and they don't feel the way I feel and they do okay. want to use rape as a word yeah. and they do want. Well, that's I think it's really okay. interesting that you don't. I, but I, I get it. Why you don't want to say that word, because then you're one of them. You're a victim. You're a you're part of the me. Too. You're part, like I, I, I didn't even post me, too. That's the yeah, craziest I get thing. that. Like, I get sure. that because there and I feel like a lot stigma. of people with, you know, a lot of people didn't post it. That's the crazy thing when so many people did. And then to think there's so many more that yeah. didn't. So that's why to me, I'm like, God damn, I really, truly feel like every woman has at least been sexually harassed. Like I, it, it's, it's so common and it's so, but p- women have emailed us and said, I was raped. I don't really feel traumatized. Is that bad? No, it's not. Right. And it, the, if and you feel that's okay, how I feel. I'm great. like, I don't feel like a victim. I don't Feel but that's different than feeling traumatized, wouldn't you? Would you true. agree or no? Maybe true. You no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those they're different. I don't things. think anybody wants to feel like a victim, right? I and think. I think a big part of why I didn't want to talk about it. It's like I never wanted to be like, "Woe is me," or yeah. But then, and then too, I've noticed with people though, then they're the raped girl, right? Exactly. They're I was always, just gonna say they're that. the raped then girl. It defines right. you, in it a defines way. and that's you. society's that fault sucks. because because uh, I mean, also I think it defines. Or we use it to define people only because we think it's way less common than it is. I know. That's what's so incredible about everything that's happening right now, just because we're just realizing how it's not. And of course, you can know it's not uncommon, but Mm -hmm. to have it pushed in your face. And I'm so proud of everybody who's continued this discourse after the Weinstein thing, like Twitter God has not Rose let McGowan. up. Yeah. She's not shutting the People fuck up. People have not she. let up. And the news cycle passed and you and it's still going on. And yeah, like you said, still so many people you wouldn't know. So in preparation to do this podcast, I had to call my family who had no idea about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't get into detail with my parents and they're Did not going to listen. They met that person that you dated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um but talking to my sisters, you know, one of my sisters came to came out in that moment with her own story. That and it was all. To? Yeah. And that Jesus. it and that it was also someone who was involved in theater, someone on the football team um, saving himself for marriage. This guy saving <sighs> himself from he and he didn't have penetrative sex with her, but he brought her back to his place and forced himself on her and Mm. in a very violent and traumatic way. Mm. And he, and she knows for a fact he did it to other people too. And, but it was just like, we were both crying on the phone and it was just this crazy moment of being like, how many more sisters? Yeah. Like how many more, like 
we had never told each other that we never would have told each other. And that's that. great. Cause you guys, you have a, you're, you're close with your sisters. Right? That is the thing. Oh. And I actually want to say this too. I'm very close with my sisters. Know, I'm yeah. also a very sexually open person. My whole family, like this isn't the case where it's like, Oh, we never talked about sex. I had right. no education yeah. on it. My family was, my parents did all the right things. They warned me about this stuff. They really, they wow, told that, me no everything gets... at a young age. Wow, we were obsessed with the musical Rent in my family. Oh, great, deeply obsessed musical. So like, I knew a lot. Like, there's a lot of sex. I was obs- <laughs> everything I, I know about sex. I would learned you from like Rent. My candle? I did. Okay. I was thinking like I knew what AIDS was before I knew what an orgasm was. <laughs> thanks rent like in fifth grade i would sing every single word to rent so like it was not a taboo topic in my family like it i was interesting i would not have got i mean i feel like no one would have guessed that right and me and my sisters are super close and we don't talk too much about sex stuff but like we do like it's there but like that's the thing is this kind of stuff it's not sex stuff like it's violence trauma It's not like, and it's so difficult. A huge thing to me and why I never wanted to talk about it was my family. Mm. I've always felt like this is something I went through that was really hard. And the last thing I want is them to have to go through it and it'd be hard for them. Like I have to live with this way worse in my head to think that the four people in my immediate family so close to me would also then have to live with that. Because you, after that your forever. sister told you about her assault, I'm sure you were like heartbroken because oh. that you love oh. her. You're, she's your family. She's your girl. She's it hurts your... me more than my yeah. own story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get that. That, that, I get that. And a lot of people don't understand. Um, and I, I imagine it's because it's never happened to them and it's never happened to somebody that they loved. Why anybody wouldn't, come forward meaning to the cops or to the law like a lot of people don't understand that and i try to be i've patient seen a with lot that of that out angry. there on the internet but right it's, now it's really easy to get angry at that and go fuck you this doesn't involve you i don't give a fuck what you would do but I see a lot of that people are like don't post on facebook call the cops and it's like uh, i Ooh, it's like we've been calling the cops people yeah, people no call the cops. the cops we all know what anything. happens when you call the cops i mean you if, if you if you want to call the cops great but if you don't want to call the cops, cool. The, I mean, the thing that is that the last thing you want after something like that is to revisit it. <laughs> and also, too, can you imagine just the way the laws are structured? Innocent until proven guilty. OK, so your circumstance, your specific situation, you were dating the person that's going to be used against you. There's 100 percent no way Everything's any be charges against would you. have ever been pressed. Like Exactly. Well, because it's your word against his. There's no other word to go by. Right. That's it, you know, it's and not, because you were in a consensual relationship, they're not going to people do not understand the difference between being in a consensual relationship and then having consensual sex within that relationship. Yeah. And you know what's really hard? <laughs> I don't even understand that either. Like it still tears me up to think about. I don't understand it. I'd love to understand it more. I There's definitely I psychology still, behind it. Yeah, I know. I what do you mean don't, you don't understand it? Like, like it's very like when it is a relationship mm-hmm. and you're in love and sometimes it's consensual, but then sometimes it's not. It's a really it's a really hard thing to process and understand. Like, am I sure? Mm-hmm. You know what? 
you know, it's it's just super confusing. It's hard to articulate right now. It's very, how could that happen? How it, it's no, it's it's the scary guys. It's not the guy that loves you. It's not. And it's just super. It's a mind fuck. Yeah. Because, I mean, I say in it really, I say no, a, like a lot, <laughs> like, and I, but I, like, and then do you change on that? Not in that, not for that, uh, not in that particular, like, like time. Right, that's what I mean. Time and place. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't change, but that's because like, I'm like, I know if I want to have sex or if I don't. Right. So, and so did I, like, I was a yeah. very strong willed right. thing. And that's the, another, oh, that's whole, one of the biggest mind fucks about that's it. That's a mind fuck too. As I said, like he was this kind of person and I was this kind like I yeah. you guys know me like I'm yeah. just I feel that I'm strong and you that, are you know you people have like you little are. idiosyncrasies about you but also and I mean like I don't think people would expect like that could happen to me or right. you know you would think I'd just yeah. be like fuck out of here and yeah 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 fuck this guy and everybody thinks that they would do that everyone thinks that they would do that and then when you're in the situation I mean, I, I think I talked a little bit about this in the book. It's not, I, I had a boyfriend in college that uh, he, we were both drunk and he, um, w- we were having sex and he, I was laying on my stomach and he was laying, his stomach was on my back and he put his dick in my asshole and I screamed no and I pushed him off and he wouldn't get off of me. He kept shoving his cock in my ass and I said, no, what are you doing? And I was pushing him and he wouldn't get the fuck off me. So yeah, what guess, do you make of that? Like, so is that rape? Technically? Yeah, I guess. I think but so. then he, we didn't break up afterwards. I was afterwards. I was like, cause we, but we have been dating for two years before that and nothing like that had ever happened. But I was like, what are you, what the fuck was that? You kind of just raped me. Yeah. And, uh, and he like hated himself and, and you know, we, we, we went, that was the only time it happened. But like, yeah, I guess that was, who has that joke about grape? <laughs> I don't know. But somebody, I want to say Amy Schumer, but I'm not sure where it's like, it's this gray area. Every woman's oh, been that's funny. raped. Like it's Graped, this kind yeah. of gray area. Yeah. I mean, to me, your story right now, that sounds very Grape. clear. <laughs> no, that yeah. sounds very rape. rape. Yeah. That doesn't sound I guess rape. so, yeah. But like a lot of the circumstances, like in my experience, felt like they lived in this gray Grape. area because yeah. I, you know, there were these specific examples that you're like, okay, that is mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. But then times where like it just maybe I didn't want to, but it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. To in my eyes or the energy wasn't worth it to fight. And so like, did he do something wrong? I didn't say no. I didn't. The, you know, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. And, and you define what it is to you. And that's how people deal with shit. I think that I think it's okay that you don't want to call it that. I I I get it. I don't want to call what I just described that either. I really don't. Like, right. It, exactly. His dick wasn't fully in my ass. So like, but like he yeah. kept going, and you yeah. were saying no. When you got to push and scream no. I guess that's yeah. You know, that's a sign. Right. But I, I get... did print out the exact definition <laughs> of sexual assault. Wait, please read it. <laughs> the definition of sexual assault is any type of sexual contact or behavior that occurs without the explicit consent of the recipient. Oh, man. Yeah, that's happened a lot. So of times. I didn't look up, though, the definition of rape. 
I don't know. That oh, word is, yeah. you know, it's, Here, I can look it up right now. I love looking up things on the podcast. It's my number one duty. Yeah. So when I read that definition of sexual assault, though, I'm like, OK, dude, yeah. I've witnessed Karen get sexually assaulted. I mean, we talked about this a lot, but like people are just grabbing her butt. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And like, that what happens the all the fuck? time. Right. To me, I totally feel like I mean, yeah, I mean, I obviously that's like assault. And but like. I got to be honest, not, doesn't it, it bothers me not that someone touched my body without my consent as much as it bothers me that I live in a culture yeah. where I am like a can of beans on a shelf at a supermarket that can be grabbed whenever someone wants me. Like, that's the problem. Like, I chased a 12 year old through the subway and like fucking like smacked him because good for you. Good. If yeah. you were, I, 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 I was because I wanted to um, embarrass him in front of his friends. Like, that was my I'm like, leave an impression. I'm on like, how do I how do I show him that this isn't cool? Because the part that was n- the part that bothered me was not that a twelve year old grabbed my ass. The problem was that a twelve year old grabbed my ass in front of his friends, and his friends oh. would think Ugh. that he was cool because he did that. And I was like, you know what's not going to be cool when a grown woman slaps you in the yes. fucking face? Yes, God, bitch. I wish I witnessed that. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. You don't. You, that doesn't look cool. No. Um, gosh, that's bad. Yeah. And I think I'm going to vision a that next time. Is, I hate. You know, but this is a huge the public embarrassment is so important yeah it is so important shame has a place and that's what's happening (laughs) right now it's like you know what if everybody says their story and it's no not that you have to but if a lot of people do and it's kind of known and becomes normalized guess what you can do what you want but i'm gonna talk about it yeah 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 i think People a don't, lot of change can happen from that. Yes, it totally can. And there's this we- there's these weird lines of like, oh, you know, especially with celebrity thing, mostly with the celebrity thing. When a celebrity comes out that they're, oh, I heard so and so is a rapist or so and so sexual, and they're like, no, I love that person. And then there's this weird, do I have to not like their art anymore? Right. And it's oh, like, oh, I love their work. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, Louis C.K. is really fucking funny. He is. He's, He's really probably funny. my favorite comedian. Also sexually assaulted people. Like, it's you know, it's like everybody, most people I know have been sexually assaulted, and then that has to mean that most dudes have done it. Not, That's the I know, thing. But like it, most it men, can be a creepy guy, can be a scary guy, but it can be your fucking brother. Yeah. Like, oh, we, yeah. like oh, it yeah. can be your best friend that's never done anything to you. Yeah. And right. men get fucked sexually assaulted too. And it's like that's Especially a whole different in the gay animal. community. I mean, I think it's just this, it's just like kind of like uh, this thing of like a, uh, still stronger people preying on weaker people and taking what they think is theirs. Mm. I mean, it's a whole culture to me. I don't, I don't, I really, I truly, truly, truly don't believe most people who have committed sexual assaults know that what ha- the, uh, what how did. bad what they did was. I mean, the, the, the definition of rape is un- unlawful sexual intercourse or any other sexual penetration Mm, of the vagina anus or mouth uh, of another person with or without force by a sex Mm. organ other body part or foreign object so if someone like sticks a cigar up your pussy without your consent that is also rape right and without force is yeah that's interesting without the consent of the victim is the end of the sentence you know i was very well educated and i knew everything about you know what you know people learn or this or that and my idea of rape was getting abducted in the park. Sure. You know that. So I just didn't, I had never heard a story like mine before to be like alerted of, I knew it was wrong. I knew in that first instance what happened. I knew what it was, but it was so confusing to me. 
because and I was in traumatic. love. Yeah. Too. Like tra- traumatic things cause you to, to, I think that, uh, the trauma part of it, whatever the psychological thing that it does to you, it does something, but it it, it creates uh, you, you to want to defend the person. Like I, exactly. when I went to therapy and about my mom and stuff and they were like, you defend her way too much. Like stop complimenting her before you tell me something shitty she did. And I was like, oh, I guess I do. I, st- like, that's I part still of feel it. that way. Like I think on him fondly. And I think and that's okay. I, and a big part also of not wanting to talk about it was for him and for his family. And, you know, it it still I like can't wrap my head around like he's not a good guy because maybe though maybe these it's not so black and white to say this is a bad guy. Yeah. But it is like you I don't hear know the confusion I don't and how I try <laughs> yeah. to like articulate it. Well, I mean, I think it's a someone whether or not he's a bad guy. That's so. Yeah. I mean, very few people are bad guys or, or good guys. But I mean, it's like he just has a very uh, unhealthy relationship with sexuality. I mean, I think that's something that you can say that doesn't make a person bad, but it means that they shouldn't be out in the world having sex with people. Yeah. For I do. Sure. I have a question that don't going to seem random, but was he on the autism spectrum at all? I don't think so. Okay, because uh, we so, the, no. we've actually had I've asked many people on the many times on the podcast like if you've ever raped somebody, can you email us and tell us why? I see. I and yeah, both I think of the people cool. who emailed us, um, they said they were on the somewhere along the spectrum. They cited that and they said they couldn't connect. But the one guy raped his wife, and he would have consensual sex with her and non consensual sex with her, and he felt like a monster. But they That's didn't talk about it. similar to my situation, yeah. And I think it's it's just a whole nother level of confusing when yeah. that's the case. And he definitely wasn't on the spectrum. Um, and it, I just, yeah, I've, I'd love to know. Like, yeah, why, a common why. Or like, yeah, just like, I don't know why someone would do that or what's been conditioned in men that causes them to act that way. And I know women do too. Sure. But we're not as often. Right. Women, men definitely are victims of sexual assault more often than I thought for sure. Like right. I thought, I didn't think it was that common, but, but then you read about things like, you know, your biological, your body's reaction to a sexual assault could be also construed with you liking it because you, you got wet or you got a boner. I mean, right. and that's not and, what and that is. It's hard to understand, you know, especially as a young girl, all I wanted was to please men and to totally you know, yeah. and the way like and have them like love me. And that was very tied the attention up in sex was, and was um, is nice. Yeah. When you're a young sexual woman kind of figuring out your own sexuality. Right. right. And and then you don't want to admit to something that happened and then you feel closer to that person because they're the only one that knows. And then it's it's a bizarre I think there's so there's got to be so many reasons why various people do this. For one, sure, of the, course. One it's of the guys not, that emailed you know, us that said he was on the spectrum. I, I mean, that was the only common link between the two emails that I could find. Yeah, and those are two emails of people I, that would reach out. I know exactly. so many rapists and harassers and that would not that email are not on the spectrum. <laughs> of course, of course, and they also but don't he, even look at themselves a lot of times as uh, rapists or sexual predators. They he just was don't. saying though that he couldn't connect with women and he couldn't because he couldn't form these personal connections and he saw all these lying douchebag men getting laid. 
and like these asshole bro dudes, like the Murray bros or whatever, whatever, getting laid. And he, when, by the time he turned 30, he broke and he was like, I'm tired of them, meaning those men getting all the chicks. And then he put, start putting ads on Craigslist. But see, that's and the I, problem. Like I read that email too. And I still don't feel any sympathy because it's, it's this. Oh, I don't either. It's this, uh, it's this tr- like get women. Like we're not a yeah. exactly. It's an entitlement. My it's point with that is. And it also bugs me mm. like in a relationship, the entitlement to sex, like, can I be in a relationship and not want to have sex? Yes. And that exactly. should be okay. But I think that right there was what he said is the problem. You don't deserve women. No one right. deserves that. You can't get like that. That the way you're thinking about it is. And that's the way a lot of people think. And about we're it. conditioned. You start very early in life and you see ads of women sexualized and Ugh, all in the stories and, you know, the way movies are, you get brought up like that's what life is. You men and women have sex and this and that or men and men or women and women even like it's just like well, oh. and families giving away their daughter and dowries I mean this is a historically right. just very old and I mean <clears throat> going back to like men and women being assaulted yeah men are assaulted all the time a lot of times though when it's a straight other man men. these assaults are happening from other men and when they're young it's I just it's not happening a lot to a adult full grown adult men unless except for people in the trans and gay communities it is happening there but that's a whole different dynamic going on there because men it's men versus men a lot of times right. and I'm sure it is happening but to, <clears throat> to a much smaller sure yeah it's percent. happening but to just a small it's not it's not, the me too for guys is just not I mean I, I was laughing at some of them like <laughs> I mean, I can't. I just, I just couldn't. What's But you them. can't. But you can't discard. Like that does. Yeah, suck I don't if you're have a no, no. But their me twos. That. I mean, their me twos were like, um, I was in the champagne room and I was promised that I could have sex with a lady, and Wait, then I couldn't that, have sex. I mean, oh, the, that a lot pathetic. of them were of that level, and I was oh. like, eh. oh, that's gross. I just think and then Michael Fox like, goes. It's only five minutes until it's going to be men, hashtag men too, and I was like, I love mm, you, my guy. I know that was so funny. <laughs> it's not to discount, but I just think it. it the physicality and and just strength is such a part of this yeah. because as we discussed earlier in in this episode it's not it's not it's sex crime it's a it's power it's a violence it's sexual violence it's different it's a different thing right and as i was explaining like it's it can be so confusing because anyone who would have known our relationship would have said i wore the pants in this relationship uh, you right. know? interesting yeah. in terms of power interesting so it's so complex and yeah. confusing and then you're confused and disoriented after and then how you react to that but also just this idea this is just something I'm thinking of now like being in a relationship with someone a lot of times means a sexual commitment like I don't think it should but that's I how feel, a lot of yeah. people see a relationship you're right you're right where like either person should be able to be like you know what I don't want to have sex today and that be fine and not feel guilty. And I've had that in healthy relationships since. And yeah. that's fine. But there is something about being in a relationship where you feel obligated. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get that. I You're talked responsible about it before. Like sure. Stephen wants to have sex more than me a lot of the times. And I'm like, no. And I feel bad. I feel like a bad girlfriend. But that's not the case. And he doesn't care like he's just like okay. right and that's why i was asking corinne like when you say you don't want to then do mm-hmm. you change your mind because no yeah but i mean for me I, I after a certain point of time you have to i do start to 
notice like myself to go into like friendship mode if I say no too many times because like sexual connection is very important to me and it is a really defining factor in like the difference between a romantic relationship and like an intense friendship with somebody yeah so it's hard and it's also there's a million things that go into it like you know when you're horny like I'm horny at night not in the morning and like I truly get angry when someone tries to have sex with me in the morning I think and I'm it's the rude. <laughs> I, I, I feel the same. As I'm like, Corinne. if I am I'm like, fully stop. asleep, oh, this I like is to rude. wake up fucking. Yeah, I don't like that at all. <laughs> Morning is to. not sexy to me. See, at, all. at night, I'm just t- like, so much has happened <laughs> in the day. Right. I just want to, you know, watch Shark Tank and chill. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, everyone's different. Everyone is different. And sometimes people change. Like, I used to want it in the morning. And then now I'm like, don't even look at me like that. I know what that means. No, I'm tired. Yeah. And I'm like, how how dare you ask me for sex in the morning? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's life, life, man. Life. Is- yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's even good that you're like being asked for sex. Like, I mean, I think True. people forget that like when you're in a relationship, you still do have to like ask permission. Not that it's like cool to go to come out. Can and I have sex with you? Can sex? you sign this contract you before sex? we have sex? For me, though, I always know like with Steven, I know when he's like, hey, I'm like, no, like I know that to me means do you want to have sex? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good to have that communication in a relationship. And, you know, it's but yeah, there's just it's so interesting to me, the different factors that go into like this and also just not wanting to talk about something yeah. that's happened to you. Like a big thing to me was what if someone I'm with now hears this story or someone I want to be with in the future and then they're not attracted to me or they don't well, or fuck they're that person you don't want to be with. Why do you think that would make them not attracted to you? Um, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why I feel that way. It's but just like a nagging fear that you I, have. Yeah, or that like then they'd be like scared like, oh, but what if I don't realize that she feels that way or like, okay, well that goes into it. Cause that contract joke that you just made, I think a lot of men, especially in like the kind of like sexual climate that we're in right now, uh, where a lot of sex, sexual predators are kind of being exposed. I think a, a lot of men do feel like, Oh, what do I have to like basically have someone f- sign a fucking contract and have this like really intense it's a little bit illogical uh, fear of being like accused of, uh, of raping someone. I mean, some of it's illogical, I get, you know, and then for every thousand true stories, there is the one false story. And then everyone just likes to hone or a lot men like to hone, hone in on that right. one. And it is like, and some scary. Women some women do use stuff and those people are evil in my eyes because yeah. they discredit other people. Sure, they're setting they, it back years. Yeah. One yes, person they know can the power fuck it up. in it and they can fuck up someone's life and it can be a lie. Yeah. yeah. And that's fucking crazy. Right. No. But, but I agree for me, with what though, you're saying. It's scary. The I the hottest situations I've been in and what I think is really sexy is like I've had a guy just be like, I don't know if he said asked me to say it or he or it just happened naturally, but where it's like the girl says, I want to have sex with you or I want that like and until he yeah. gets that. Like, tell me what you want me to do. Right. And for the first time, especially. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like this guy, I thought this was very hot. And he was like, say it, say, say it or whatever. Not <gasps> Ooh. It. right. And mm-hmm. like, it's like, yeah, then that's clear verbal consent. Yeah, there you Beautiful. go. And it can be hot. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Madame, may you may I have intercourse with. Right. A lot tonight? of people think like that 
it would make it unsexy or like yeah. you don't want to stop the flow of something that's already happening. But there are ways to you can adapt the flow. To- also, if like someone can't make eye contact with you, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be fucking them. I mean, these I are no. And I hope people will be so much more cautious There's now clues, with everything going on. Yeah. They're really, really drunk or. Oh, God. Yeah. Or this or that. Like, just. Just don't err on thing. the side of caution. Just don't fuck that night. What right. what are you gonna lose? Right. Go home and jerk off. Just don't have like if it, that's what I always say. Like if someone if you think someone might be too drunk, don't fuck them. The issue that's, arises there you though go. when both parties are too drunk. Yeah. Because what I that's the one that that's the one that really like haunts me at night. I'm like, have I raped people? Like I don't Alcohol know. Alcohol is scary. Like it's too much. Yeah. And other drugs and other situations. Yeah. I mean that wasn't the case in my situation. We both didn't drink, but. I mean, but so, it still or it gets blurry. But it happens a lot. And that's right. really confusing. It's it's almost as much as like if you want to go out and you know you're gonna be drinking a lot, like write yourself a fucking like secret note on your hand. Like I do things like that all really? the time. Like I'll write that's like smart. I'll just write like DF on my hand. Like don't fuck or, like something like that. I write like things to my hand. I, I mean, I haven't done that because I like to wear I've like never ugly been... underwear or like <laughs> or don't shave. Yeah, don't shave like your legs. Don't shave your like legs. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, that'll I know make me I've not certainly not done that in, before in any drunken state. That'll make me not fuck. Really? You're yeah. so much of a shaved leg? No, like, if I if my legs are like grown out hairy, yeah. I, I don't know why. I've just like, yeah, nah. Right. So you know yourself. Yeah. Because you know. the first time you want to feel smooth. Yeah. If I if definitely. I like I've definitely gone on a on a first date with sha- unshaven legs because I'm like, I don't want, but then I have, you know, a couple of glasses yeah, of wine. I mean, I've definitely fucked with hairy legs before. <laughs> sure. Oh, me too, me too. But you try to do these things to kind of set it up uh, for yourself, like as like barriers for yourself almost. Right. Yeah. Because I think I think there's this deeper level then of like women. I mean, we're so oh God, we're so like programmed not to be as sexual as we are. I know. And it's then we're trying to stop ourselves from this natural want to fuck. It's so complicated. There's, and then there's also the whole factor of, well, yeah, I want a guy to pursue me. I want a guy to be aggressive and like not, you know, physically sure. aggressive, but I want, I'm not going to make a move. I want right. him to Mike, make a move. Mike Racine has a, a really good right. bit. I'm going to butcher it, but like about telling his kid about sex, like, oh, you know, you know, if ask somebody if they want to say sex, no. And they're like, no means no. Well, not exactly. And it's like this whole, it's better than what I just said, but it's a really interesting, funny bit about consent and like, and how to be sexy and to not lose the mood and, but also to get the consent. And it's just a clusterfuck. Yeah, There's it's a lot a of really and, hard. Know, sometimes when women I know that are drunk and they're like horny, I'm like, they are going to pursue hard. Right. No, I it it happens. I've heard stories of my friends where yeah. a woman definitely like, pushed yeah, it on yeah. a man. Sure. Uh, yeah. There, there's always like a drunk chick. A lot of times it's a drunk chick who's just like pushing too hard. And then the guys like feel bad. They don't want to reject women. So they're like, oh, I guess I'll just have sex with her. I know it's there's so much that happens mentally with this stuff that I can't even begin to brush the surface of that (laughs) is very, very confusing and makes things very complicated. Yeah. And it's it's hard. And that's why I just my mind was blown by seeing all these women come out and talk about different degrees of assault and harassment and Mm -hmm. some stories being totally, you know, this was like such a huge trauma to like you know, it was 
a medium thing or yeah. a small or thing, it happened, but it did and, happen. Yeah. And yeah. it just, to- I, I just started wondering like why I felt so dedicated to my silence and so mm. happy about it mm-hmm. and like proud of it in a way. Like I was proud of myself that I had come to the point in my life where I was like, it's cool. I don't have to ever tell anyone that. And that's awesome. And then though this whole situation made me realize like, why do I feel so much pride in that? What, like, it just, conf- I was just It's like, a mind fuck. It's a mind yeah. fuck. And it's just like, I don't know. You guys had asked me to come on the podcast so many times. Yeah. And I had always said no. And I just, it, it's it's very confusing, but also affirming when you see like I feel like such a fucking basic bitch to be like, <laughs> but but it does like go into your mentality as a kid for me to be now to see Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow. I feel like a fucking loser to be to say that changed my perspective on things, but it does. You should not know because I mean, I think I think that was very powerful. And that's why we chose to read the uh, Weinstein accusations, a.k.a. things that did uh, in in full last week, because I thought it was so powerful to see all these uh, women's names who we've Powerhouse seen them in movies. Is. These it's are top Hollywood actresses. They've achieved this almost impossible dream. It is almost impossible to become as successful in entertainment as Angelina Jolie, to see that, to see Rose McGowan, to see Ashley Judd. You read Cara Delevingne, the list had just gotten updated or something right before you read it. And Cara like, I fucking obsessed with Cardi Levine. And I was like, she was right. God damn. Yeah. And it it just made (laughs) me realize, like, why do I see such a value in not talking about it? Why can't I talk to my sisters about it? Why is it this thing? Why is this thing what can't be talked about? Being assaulted is a scarlet letter. I think that's the oh a scarlet letter more so than being a hoe. And like, oh, this woman is untrustworthy. I mean, I I think it's very interesting that footage that had resurfaced of Courtney Love when on Mm -hmm. the red carpet, they say, what's one advice that you give to someone in Hollywood? And she says, if Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party in a hotel, don't go. And it's like, and you you know what? If someone, you know, quote unquote, more put together or polished said that, we would have all listen but because Courtney Love does oh, use drugs yeah. and is a little bit quote unquote wild I we mean, didn't fucking believe her I mean I don't know though if we would have listened even if it wasn't I don't know. like Courtney, when it's if it one was, person she, just Courtney Love I mean specific. for sure yeah. she called for when sure. I worked at the Apple store once and was like someone's trying to get Kurt Cobain's uh, social security number from my MacBook I need help and I was like wait wait what and it was her because I knew it was her so like that unfortunately, Corinne's right. Like everyone would be like, "Oh, Courtney, you're high." Right. Like no one's right. gonna fucking believe right. her, right? Because like you but know, some she's a rock star. Someone else tip falls out, yeah. And it was just this one thing on one red carpet. Like I, at that time in history, it wouldn't have been no. blown up in that way. And that's why I feel like cheesy to say this, but I'm so proud of everyone and so proud of all the women that are coming forward with this and all different types of stories because, you know, we've come far on so many things in our culture. We've, I mean, I always think like when I was a kid, gay rights, I never heard trans in my life. I mean, we have come so far in a lot of ways, still far ways to go, but this still was not necessarily a blown out thing. We had so many women come out about Trump a year ago. 
and all a lot of, that. of women and it was a him. big story it was a big story but it wasn't a huge story Still yeah. got elected president well, that's the thing. My what I think is One just was a really badass is what if we make a dent to sexual harassment and assault during a time when we have a sexual harasser as assaulter president. as president? I like agree. That's, yeah, that's something maybe we could look back at this time on and yeah. be proud of. Yeah. And it blows my mind. Maybe it's all a blessing in disguise. I mean, well, that's well, you never know, because I'm, I'm trying to get proud good of out everybody. Of and I think when that Courtney Love thing was said and this, it was a different time. You did not talk about this stuff. And that wasn't even that long ago. Right. But it's still like it's rapidly changing and hopefully it continues to. And you're part of that change because you came on and told us about like, thank you. And you're thank you, you represent a part of the me. change that is the most common. Is, is women that are not Angelina Jolie. I mean, and the fact that it can happen to them is like mind blowing in and of itself. But like it's happening to so many people like in our everyday people who you would never think, oh, you're a strong woman. You voice your opinion. If someone says something sideways to you, you tell them no one would think this could happen to someone like Farah. Like it's not no one is above or below it. You know what I mean? Right. And that, that I think is an important thing to right. grasp. And it's just. You know, it made me start thinking like just more curious about my own process. Why? What is the big secret here? Why? Uh, yeah. And I think if we can normalize it more like is happening now and it's just kind of this thing that gets spoken about, then change can happen in that way. Yeah. If people know like, hey, women, they're going to talk and, you know, it's not so, you know, it doesn't have to be so hidden. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I wish I wish the reason that people wouldn't do these things is not because they're afraid of getting outed, but it's because they realize like that's not even a it's not even true. It's true. Good point. Getting getting sex in that way should not even feel good to you. Well, I think it should feel the start of like the education around it. Right. I mean, it is so complex. Like, yeah. That's a first I'm saying, oh, if they're publicly embarrassed, but where does it even come from in the first place? But that guy, that one guy that, that, that emailed us said he felt pathetic. That was so confusing to me. Right. How do you feel pathetic? It and you could still do be it? like a well, self I mean, harm thing in some ways, too. Maybe. OK, so yeah, oh, this reminds me of this quote. I, I, I read. Yeah, a John Ronson quote. I mean, basically, this was more about like uh, criminals, but basically, uh, I've, and I think I put this in the book, all vile, all violence is based on on shame. Like you feel you act out violently you did put that in the book because you feel a shame about yourself. And I thought that was such a powerful thing. Mm. And you can apply it to almost any instance in your life when you were violent or when someone was violent to you. And it really right. is based in a shame. And so there there's we all obviously know from the podcast that everyone's carrying around some sorts of shame. Uh, and that we're acting out against it. So, I mean, I think w- women definitely need some like preventative, like anti-shame education in school for like, if this happens to you, it's not your fault and don't feel bad about it. And then we need to get to the root of shame where like why men feel so shameful when they cannot um, like get when they can't convince women to have sex with them. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I, mean, I know that's, that's why how I'm they, almost like, maybe guy you guys can get on one of these guys. I don't know what the deal is. Like, I am really curious. Some guys yeah. would be like, I don't get it. I just jerk off. Like, right. I don't understand. And so there's something more something 
psychological I think than that. I think I, I feel very differently about like pedophilia than I do about like uh, rape because I truly still do believe pedophilia is a, a mental disorder. And oh. I do not think rape is a mental disorder. I think I it's a really uh, it's just a misrepresentation in the uh, value of women in society. I mean, that's what I think it is. We're not considered fully human. Right. And still like our bodies and our medicine and our everything is still government controlled in a way you don't yeah. see that. We're, for also, We're treated like children. Also too, somebody had emailed us recommending that we watch this documentary that I, I remembered I'd already watched. It was something like The Mask We Live In or something. Oh yeah. And I rewatched it again and I was like, God damn it. That's, that oh, is, that's that the is men the one, right? About masculinity. Yeah, I watched that. And how that to me, and I, I watched it. I watched it three times total. It's on Netflix. I recommend everyone watch it. It is fascinating because it's like men are already raised. When I described on one of the intros of Guys We Fucked, I was at a pool and this little boy was jumping in the pool and his dad was like, come on, don't be a girl, jump. That's where it fucking starts. Oh, I'm a superior to a girl. I'm not a girl. Being a girl is a bad thing. Feminine is or weak. weak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I so, yeah. So then I have to live up to this expectation of mental, uh, emotional and physical strength. And then that's where shame can come from, too. I mean, it's so difficult because I wrote I also wrote like a devil's advocate piece to exactly what you're saying, because then I was started thinking about masculinity so much that I was like, but are we just like putting yeah. this thing on men? Like, are we just saying like, oh, you need to feel feelings? Uh, mm, I, don't, I don't know. And I just have like, I don't know, like I like last night I was with James and he and he had made a comment uh, because I had seen, I had seen a little boy on the subway wearing what was obviously, you know, girls sandals. And I, at first I was like, I kind of reacted in a way like, Jesus, why is he wearing those sandals? What, like, why did his parents let him out? Like, like he did look stupid kind of. And I was like, and then I was like, felt bad for even thinking of that. Cause I was like, well, it's really nice that he probably went into like payless shoe source and saw these sandals. And, and even if they were in the girls section, his parents were like, if you like those sandals, you should wear them. And I really do think that's cool. And I, and I would totally be a parent who would be like, wear whatever fucking sandals you want. If you want to go to uh, school in a tutu, but I would be like, just so you know, kids um, might be dicks about people it. <laughs> are going to say shit about it. That might make you feel bad inside. And, you know, sometimes you do have to like pay this penance for being yourself. I um, always think about like, I remember learning about like the witch trials and stuff that, sure. like, oh, yeah. that it's like deeply ingrained or not even ingrained. Like it's a deep it's our fear in men that the power of women and that we so, give birth well, and all this stuff, especially in Salem, drove men cr to feel to hang they us need and to have burn us control. <laughs> but that's single, uh, primarily. It was, I mean, there were some married women. There was a lot of single women, which were uh, were considered super like uh, scary in those times. But anyway, get back to the sandals. And then I was telling James about it because I was just like, you know, it's like makes me sad. Like, you know, what? Like, if we had a kid together, like, would you let them wear these fucking sandals? And then he told me this story about how when he was a kid, he wanted to take tap dancing lessons really badly Aww. and his dad said no Ugh. but he was he is really glad that his dad said no and I found that so interesting still to this day it's like you didn't want to take the tap dancing lessons but it's like almost like but he wanted to in that moment as a kid right and so I get I, what he's saying I found that he to was be happy about really interesting like like oh my dad saved me 
embarrassment or yeah and a black I, male picture of me kid. as a kid yeah i still haven't even gotten to like the really really the root of it um interesting who the fuck knows but i just think i i i spent i've spent a lot of time thinking about this especially dating someone who is like very hyper masculine but who is not someone who can't you can't have an emotional conversation it's not someone who i've never seen cry you know I don't know. Dude, I just learned that Steven, who's an emotional part, he tells me his feelings. He made a wrote a song early college about murdering all his ex-girlfriends. I was like, oh wait, my God. Oh, no young one- Eminem. <laughs> I was like, no one thought that was weird. He's like, no. Like, you just wrote a song about he wanted to just murder all these women and everyone was like, who do you play it for? Like, band? Like, I don't know. But he was in a band where he screamed. He's like, I want to kill you. Whatever. God, I really want to hear that song. Yes. Me too. Was it metal? So I, was just, I was just like, you? I didn't. I, I, I he surprised me. Well, wow. I think it's like, but that makes anyone sense. can be a monster because guys. those people. I certainly have Steven. like uh, talked <laughs> about murdering people on stage. I certainly have never felt any right. uh, real urge to murder anybody. Yeah. Whereas ninety one percent of people have actually thought of murdering someone they know. Oh, and I know oh, someone they know. Ninety one percent. I truly have not. Yeah, though it's called the murderer next door. That's oh a statistic God. from that book. I have a joke about it, but it's like. Because I was like, oh, what a what what a, a, a unique way to find out I'm lazy. Because I'm <laughs> like, you know, I, I was just yes. like, I've truly I've truly never wanted to murder anyone I know. Me neither. Like, you're so ew. Brave. Just like, ew. Yeah, I've always wanted to, if I, when I thought about murder, it's just, a, I want somebody to like spit in my face and be a bitch to me so I can murder. Yeah, I, I do that have a joke about face, murdering a rapist, which is a well, weird. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. I'd want to murder a rapist too. Yeah, especially if it was like a serial situation and this person was just terrible. There's like, a show. I do it, wish there that. was something where like you rape and you get your dick cut off and that's the yeah like that's the right where, where's Lorena Bobbitt when we need her I know <laughs> bitch where you at is she in jail I don't know oh my god well hey All right. thank you thank you thank oh, you oh my list should I read it what yeah. is it yeah what's the okay list? so in preparation for this because I was super scared and you guys thank you so much for making this like hell yeah dude. a painless process because I was like up in all hours of the night, very scared to do this. So, I know. I never, I never knew how like frequently to ask you. So I usually just like, like it's on the table. It was the, the perfect amount of time you gave me to both thoughtfully prepare, but also not have a mental breakdown about it. Good, because I, I was, oh, like, I, I want, I want to ask, but I never want to like push someone, or, or I never want to feel like we are using things that happen to people like to as yeah, like, as fodder yeah uh, you know Ooh, on the this podcast. would be a great episode right yeah. I and i that. never got that vibe you guys have asked me a ton and every time i've said i'm not ready it was nothing like no pressure yeah so this time with the timing of everything and being where i'm at in my life and in terms of relationships i'm in a healthy place and it's awesome so i felt that but i thought it was interesting just to write down you know literally every thought that went through my head of why I didn't want to do Ooh, it. Oh, please read it, that. Okay. So we have main fears, even though I acknowledge they are irrational. This is what runs through my head. I'm sure everybody has their own reasons of and you know, whatever, but this was mine. First future jobs. I, I mm. see all the, a lot of these things I may be like, I don't even know why this is what comes into my head, but yes, that's like a huge thing. I'm like, this is going to be online for what if in some future job, this could be used against me. Um, we talked about future relationships mm-hmm. and guys kind of being turned off by it or thinking like we can't have the fun play that I do want to have now that I'm in a healthy state mm-hmm. that 
I enjoy. Um, outing the guy, hurting his family, hurting my family is a main thing. I mean, I just can't, I still can't conceptualize if my dad knew about this and him having to live with it breaks my heart a million times. <sighs> um, yep. It being used against me in the future somehow. I, I don't know. We talked about this being seen as one of those girls, quote right. unquote. That's you know, who speaks out for attention and who, you know, is kind of defined by that thing. And like people think of that every time they see her and mm -hmm. they don't think about, you know, their comedy. Like it was a, a thing in my head was always like, first, I'm going to get super successful. Then maybe I'll talk about this at some point. Mm -hmm. But like it always felt to me like it could be a conflict of interest, which now I completely don't feel that way. That's great. But you needed that journey but you did right. you need time really helps and everything going on in the public changes that like no I'm not gonna be you know why would someone feel that way about it oh this is funny what if I want to be president <laughs> like that's a genuine silly Farah. women can't be president right. <laughs> it's so crazy though how many things in life where I make choices I'm like but I want to keep that door open for totally. the presidency oh that's 100% I literally just told <laughs> it's so insane we'll never be president I could, but ne like, I could never cool. be either Tr well I no no comedian could no. And, and no one who like you know especially like drug use that we've talked about yes. and stuff. but uh, 100% I literally True, I have a lot it. out there now like, no in a, the risk story I told a couple weeks ago I I said uh, the first time I took nude photos it took me so long even though I really wanted to take nude photos of myself because in college I still thought I had the chance to become president. That's truly the fucking reason I didn't take nude photos of myself. That's still right now writing this list why came I was up to me. to do the oh. podcast in the first place. Guys, we fucked. Because you wanted to be president? A run for office. I've always thought oh. of running for Congress. Yeah. I, I think you'd be great. <laughs> and I <laughs> think you. you still could. I, yeah, well, I mean, well, now there might be, the... be hope for me to be president. So who knows? Honestly, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's just so insane. I, like, I can't be president because I was sexually harassed, but... Harass but if you harass somebody who cares <laughs> right right but it's just like yeah that well, because goes you're through 100 your mind right because right. you know what people would would see you as like not strong uh, and they would definitely bring that against you because they fucking brought it against hillary clinton for how you know your husband cheated on you you're and the way you and you <laughs> yeah. didn't leave him you're not strong it's like not what? even like i feel like people be like she's weak so she can't lead it's just like this fear that it has a smell that it leaves on you or mm -hmm. it lingers and you're the wounded, but girl. I don't see it that way, sure. anymore, which is cool. It's great. Um, being fired. That's just run, being seen as less of a comedian. Oh, this is a huge thing I thought about. What if my kids friends Google me and hear this and make fun of them for it? Oh, wow. It, it goes. I'm just saying like it goes that deep, like into why how much of a secret it feels like. Yeah, wow. And how, like, it can be shame at so many levels. And mm. just listener, no, Farrah doesn't have any kids. This is like I have a no future, kids. future, this future is, thing. This is, you know, is my alleged anxiety. children. Yeah. And who even would think my kids would have friends? <laughs> but, you know, and when I talked to my dad about it, he said that too. And it's not in a bad way. My dad said, just think, whatever you say, like, you know, your kids will hear. Ugh, God, I didn't so think of that. maybe the internet will be done by that. I yeah. think we'll wipe it clean for sure. Joe <laughs> Biden's going to take care of it. He or she is twelve. <laughs> um, oh shit, my kid's going to be fucked anyway. Right, and then you know, just kind of looking like I'm ungrateful for a very like privileged life that I've had and everything. You know it, and 
I think that's a negative way that society has impacted us because I mean, as like, you know, white people who have gone to college, like it is this kind of not constant nagging feeling that I have is like, well, I shouldn't complain. Same, Nothing really 100%. bad has happened to me. Exactly. And that's also unfair. And I still feel that way. Yeah. And that I still feel like I'm not a victim. I'm not, you know, don't worry about me. And I've had so many blessings and I'm so lucky. So I never want to project or sure. bring that up. I feel like that a lot. Yeah. And then the last thing was just that, you know, telling someone makes it real. Like I could always just be in my own head and I've gone back and forth so many times just being like, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. Like it's it's a dream. Like, so, you know, it's, I just, I can't. Thank you for coming on and telling it and then letting us ask questions. I really... Yeah, it's hard. That's got to be really hard. But um, I think this was it. this was a nice episode because we were able to take our time. And I think a lot of people will you'll help a lot of people, honestly. And that's not I mean, that's not why you should have to come for, you know, to help other right, people, you know, but I have no expectation. I, I actually a big thing. Though. I, you know, I feared I didn't write this in my list, proper list, but <laughs> the uh, retaliation. So and I've seen it on Twitter already. Nicole Silverberg wrote, mm-hmm. you know, a list of ways that people could, you know, change and get better. And the comments from men. And I feared, you know, I've dealt with this a lot through therapy and come out the other side. I really don't. I feared the trolls, the Internet hate of, you know, Every worst fear you can think of, people will say online. So it just, yeah, of course, like you don't know how your story will be interpreted. Yeah. This and that. Well, because you don't and have any control about how, how somebody is going to react over Twitter or, right. or, or in any comments. Actually. And you don't know where they're coming from. Those are fa- those are faceless, like kind of voices. And a lot of times they're like people with like three followers. Like speaking of real, I don't think a lot of those things are real. Like right. those are not. Uh, yeah. When you have three followers. Things, right. And you don't have a that's just to me. That's there's there's something going on there. They need to figure this shit out. It is so fucking weird. Yeah. They need to be a little more uh, giving in terms of like taking those accounts down. Yeah. Well, that's what sparked all this. Well, that's why we boycotted Twitter. Yeah. I did boycott. It was kind of nice. I was like, oh, I'm going to just like exist. I don't think I've tweeted since. Oh, really? Good for you. It was wonderful. Where? Speaking of Twitter. Where can we find you online? What's, uh, what do you got? Anything you want to promote? What We want more Farah. Well, I'm at Farah Brooke on everything. You can see the spelling. Farah with one R. Details. Yes. Right. F-A-R-A-H-B-R-O-O-K. Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. I have a podcast with Sean Donnelly. It's called Defend Your <gasps> oh, Movie. Yeah. Um, we defend... People come on and defend movies that most people hate, <laughs> um, but that they love. And my role is I've never seen any movies. Like I barely <laughs> ever seen any, no so classic you movies. Perspective. You could throw a lot of movies at me. And Mom and dad save the world. I no, talked to Sean about that I've never that even one. heard of that. Oh. <laughs> like yeah. a lot, a lot of movies that people are outraged to hear that I've never heard of or seen. Um, so I play that role of the guest kind of explains to me what it is. And <laughs> yeah. Sean's more of a movie buff. So that's fun. I also have a podcast called Psychic Hotline $1 a Minute, Ooh. where it's seasonal. So I've only done one season, but you can check it out. I Every episode, call a psychic. 
And um, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. I every other episode, I have a comedian guest who calls the psychic. But then every other I call and ask like personal questions just to like these one dollar minute psychic hotlines. Damn. I love psychics. Check that out. Also, (laughs) I'm hosting at Caroline's on Halloween. It's going to be like a cabaret comedy extravaganza. Um, Guys, we fucked native Blair Saki on it along with other great performers. So if you're around on Halloween and need something to do, come. That's a good plan. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. uh, Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, And this has been Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. All the leaves fell off the trees and it started to get cold again and freezing my fingers to the bone. From the ground I heard a rumble And your stomach began to grumble Hungry for a life you'd yet to know But I'm here now And I'm trying to move on with you But I can't stop the air inside my This episode of Guys We Fucked is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer just for Guys We Fucked listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash GWF.